0: Today is the first day that you can get access into the early bird price for our brand new barefoot mini course. We have never done anything like this. It's brand new 14 videos. And rather than just telling you what to do and maybe explaining as I go along, we're actually going to assess so many different parts of your foot ankle complex so that you understand how it's working together and why you might be falling into these different pain patterns. And along with each assessment, you're of course going to get one to two exercises that are going to help with. And then at the end of each week, we're going to be putting all those exercises together, so you have solid flows you can always come back to. Beyond that, we're going to have private Q and A's with myself and with a functional podiatrist. So I highly recommend coming in if you want to understand your foot health, even if you don't have foot pain. This isn't just about pain. This is about understanding your bare feet getting them out of shoes, working them and moving them again because we understand, hopefully, that our feet are our foundation. It's what we move on and it really impacts everything up the chain from our Achilles, our calf, up to our knee, our hip and our low back. So if we aren't taking care of our feet, we're gonna run into problems down along the road. So please come join our Barefoot Mini Course. It is just two weeks. It's not gonna take you more than 10 minutes a day to watch and assess each video. And along with each assessment, you're gonna get a workbook to work through and really help to understand your body even deeper. So I cannot wait. We're gonna drop the link below, but it's docgenfit.com slash barefoot. Come learn about your foot, pass the link along, because just for signing up for this Barefoot Mini Course, you get access to win, <laughs> so just for signing up—not even just for posting, but just for signing up—you're gonna have the opportunity to win some really cool prizes that are gonna support your feet. So come learn all about it at docgenfit.com/barefoot. Pass the link along, and excited to have you in. So we're gonna talk about that hand tingling. Maybe it can even turn into numbness if you've had that happen. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of times, a lot I think people will automatically think carpal tunnel syndrome, which possibly and we've done an episode on that as well so you can go back and listen to that one however today we're specifically talking about compression of the nerve at the at the elbow So this is when you think of like your funny bone, right? And you kind of like hit your funny bone. It's right on the inside of that elbow and it makes that like really uncomfortable feeling. (laughs) That's your nerve that you're hitting. It's not actually a bone. It's your nerve right inside there. So that can become compressed and over time it can send signals down to the hand because that's where your nerve comes all the way down into like the pinky and the ring finger and over time start to create that tingling, that irritation maybe even into that like numbness and weakness.
1: Yeah, and this is specifically our ulnar nerve. Mm -hmm. And like Jen said, it kind of does innervation of some of the sensory and motor stuff of uh, these outside three fingers, essentially. And I mean, really what causes this when we start looking into the cause, it has to do a lot with the compression. So what is causing this compression? There There can be trauma that causes compression. I think one place that we tend to see it Often is just sitting in one position for a long time. You'll see it real often if people are just sitting, working on a computer and resting their elbows across a desk or something, because that's gonna cause compression right below that elbow and then people will start feeling tingling. I know specifically I'll prop myself up on my elbow a lot of the times and be like playing around on my phone on the couch and then after a while I have to like sit up because my hand stops working, you know, how I how I need it to.
0: Right. So like in those early stages, that's when you're going to feel like that numbness, that tingling that's happening. And a lot of times, unfortunately, from that prolonged flexion at that elbow, which is going to be majority of people working at a desk or sitting on their phones, like we're falling into a system that I think is only promoting this more and more. So understanding how we can get out of it and and help it is going to be crucial. Uh, because when it starts to turn into like this chronic stage where we're not really addressing it, you're just, you feel the numbness tingling day after day, but you don't do anything about it. <laughs> and you continue to just go into the same patterns. That's when we can start to find like weakness at the hand. Because at this point now, we're we're cutting off a little bit more than just like the sensory pattern from the numbness and tingling. Now we're getting a little bit more into like the motor pattern yeah. of our of our function of our nerve going into our hands. So it starts to become hard to do like fine motor things like clipping your nails and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, clipping your nails or typing or, yeah. you know, the coordination, your coordination will start to go. So like if you're trying to tap finger by finger, that's something that we'll do with people in the clinic to just see like hey how's your fine motor coordination going and the last thing that Jen kind of alluded to or mentioned is weakness so if you notice in that hand you're really starting to feel like it's hard to fully squeeze as hard or as strong as you can with the other hand or as strong as you you used to be able to then that's really a sign of this progressing especially if it's not when you're just sitting with that compression on there or in the position if it's just happening throughout the day.
0: And we have to look at all the risk factors that kind of add into compression. So yes, we're talking about like sitting at your desk and working or being on a cell phone a lot of times. However, we also have to think of just general compression of the nerve that slows down that mobility because our nerves need that mobility to slide and glide, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we reduce that and we kind of add that compression into the nerve, anything that you know, if we're overweight, if we're not getting enough nutrients, we're not getting enough sleep, we're adding stress into our life, we're not getting enough, even hydration, water, diabetes can be a risk factor for adding that compression. So anything that kind of adds that compression factor as well. And so that's when, you know, it might be a good idea along with what we're going to talk about to kind of help reduce this, but also getting in some anti-inflammatories into your diet. So what nutrients am I putting in? Am I adding in my leafy greens, my colorful vegetables, my fruits? Am I adding in my water? Um, that's where you could do something like genius mobility. Add that to your water once a day as well. It's just mm-hmm. a, a tiny scoop and it's going to have so many things to help to reduce inflammation like curcumin and ashwagandha and all this other stuff.
1: Absolutely. And so how do you know if this is specifically the one, if cubital tunnel syndrome is the one for you? There's a, there's a test that they call Tunnels test where you just kind of tap over the area. So if you kind of just go and tap over your elbow, and even if you're not having symptoms, you might, you might hit that nerve just right, and you might notice, oh yeah, that's, that's the spot. But if you are experiencing this, it'll give you much more significant symptoms. And then another one is, what is it? The uh, scratch and collapse test. <laughs> where I'm like, okay, scratch. Out. We were talking about this before. I'm just like, so what happens if it's positive? You collapse to the ground, <laughs> you scratch Can't stop it. And thinking collapse. About it now. So if you take your arm and kind of go out into this external rotation and then scratch over that nerve, then you might collapse to the ground. <laughs> no, <stop. laughs> no, then again, you might feel the <laughs> symptoms and it'll elicit those symptoms in a way that your arm might want to collapse. I don't know. I'm just wondering why they called it collapse. That's very deceiving. I know. It's something you can't get guys. over. <laughs> no.
0: um, but the other thing we, we have to look at too, something that can add irritation and compression to that nerve is at times when people do move in the elbow or do elbow flexion extension or, or some of these nerve glides we're going to talk about, sometimes that nerve has a tendency to kind of move over the bone. Yeah, in that area and kind of get out of that gap. Like a lot of people, they don't have pain with it. You know, it's asymptomatic. However, if that's happening over and over again, we can only imagine that we're adding a little bit of compression just in that way. So we do want to look at, is there a lot of hypermobility going on in that elbow? Um, And what we know for improving hypermobility is improving strength over time as well. Yeah,
1: definitely. And so again, we come to, so what? What do I do? What do I do if I'm experiencing this? Again, the first thing we want to look at is what may have contributed to this. What positions may I sit in throughout the day? Do I sleep with my arms over my head? Like Jen every every morning when I come in to like see her and Kai. She's like sleeping with her arms over her head. But she doesn't have tingling in her hands, so it's okay. Continue. Continue <laughs> sleeping you. as such. Thank you. Um and that's one of the primary recommendations especially at night because you hold that position for six to ten hours depending on how long you're in bed if you're sleeping with your elbows bent or your elbows bent and out you know that's going to put a lot of tension on that ulnar nerve
0: yeah so one of the things that they found pretty successful and this is over a three-month period is kind of activity modification so we do have to address like if we're if we are having to constantly work you know Obviously, we do have to work to live, but maybe we're not resting that elbow. Maybe, you know, we have the keyboard out a little bit more. Maybe it's a little bit lower. So you're not in s- such a flexed position of your forearm, of your elbows you're a little bit lower so if you have something that you can move the keyboard down maybe not as low as tom is showing with straight arms but <laughs> if you have just like a little bit more ease and you're not resting on that elbow that can definitely help to reduce some of that pressure and then we also they they found that splinting at night so wearing something mm-hmm. that kept that elbow a little bit straighter so that it didn't have that that compression yeah. from the flexing really did help and over a three-month period a lot of people were able to feel some symptom relief
1: Yeah, and the splinting at night, like it makes sense because you can try to start sleeping in a different position and then you'll wake up and you'll be in your habitual sleeping position. So, um, another thing that we kind of like to show people is, okay, how can we put tension on this or Mm -hmm. start to do what we call nerve glides or tensioning or flossing exercises? And I don't know if anybody when they were young used to do the... Batman. Batman, where you'd turn your... Uh, hand kind of upside down, you make the okay sign and you turn your hand upside down and flip it and put it on your eyeballs and you kind (laughs) of give yourself some goggles or like a mask. And that's something that puts a lot of tension on the ulnar nerve. So if you've been experiencing these symptoms, it might be tough or even painful to just jump right into that.
0: Yeah, maybe not start there, but But, that's the end position.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's where you kind of go to get tension on that nerve. And Jen kind of mentioned like if someone feels like they're that's too intense, what can they do to change that?
0: Yeah. So that's where, you know, especially if you're having a lot of that hypermobility within the elbow, we just want to make sure that we're not going too aggressive. So one thing that I like to do is actually just starting down at your side. Make sure you depress your shoulder already when we are relaxing in our shoulder or putting tension down. We're kind of putting a little tension into that nervous system already. Now flip the, the hand up. So your palm is down and you're going to point your fingers up to the ceiling okay now already and then bring your arms start to slowly just extend it out if you feel that tingling into the the fingers I mean it might be a little bit more in the first and second finger but it, you might even be able to get it into that pinky finger know that your nerves are all kind of running together so you're you're getting some tensioning on that even if it's not directly into that ulnar nerve just yet and then you can just gently start to bring that bend that elbow in. So again, the palm is always going to be away from you and you're moving. However, again, if it's too much to flex in the arm, you can just barely bend the elbow and then move the head away from you. And that's also going to add some pressure and tension on that, on that nerve. And if any of this is too much, if you're like, you know, this is a lot for me, what you can do is actually start to bend your head toward your hand. So if you come up and you bend your head toward your hand and relax, that's actually going to take some pressure off of it and Mm -hmm. on pressure on, pressure off, pressure on, pressure off, as you put your head toward your hand so that it's not so much tensioning and pulling because the moment we pull our head away from the hand, that's when it's more tension on the nerve.
1: Yeah. And there's all these little, you know, tricky things we can do to put more or less tension on the nervous system because It's like one big spider web. You know, if we round our low back a little bit, we might even, you know, feel more tension down our arm because that's just going to pull a little bit more at the entire system. So you're just adding more tension into that whole central and peripheral nervous system. And, you know, a a PT is a great person to explore this with, especially if you're having a lot of symptoms and having that tool and going to a PT and understanding like what degree you do it to can be super powerful in helping resolve and get rid of some of these symptoms pretty quickly. Um, If you were somebody who started having any sort of weakness or, you know, coordination type issues, that's where we might want to do some sort of hand therapy, like strengthening of your hands, um, different coordination exercises, you know, PTs and occupational therapists do a lot of this stuff as well, Um, and then just strengthening all the way up that chain too.
0: Exactly. And know that as we're talking about all this, it can sound a little bit overwhelming as to what to do with the nerves. And that's why I think it is important to go see a physical therapist in person. Anytime someone reaches out to me, you know, it's, I don't know where you need to start with your, your nerve um, gliding and your nerve flossing. It's so independent on every person and they're a little bit more delicate than muscle. So it's not muscle tissue where you're just kind of stretching. You want to feel it. You want to move into it and, and hold it for a while. Right. For nerves, you just want to barely be able to feel it and come out of it. Feel it, come out of it. So we want more of that flossing type of gliding motion happening where it's not so much demanding on like a sustained pressure. We don't want to irritate that nerve. Remember, it's already being compressed. It's already been irritated. So I just want to really put that disclaimer that you don't want to go aggressive with anything nerve related.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, kind of once we address things locally right in that elbow kind of like we said how do we address things up the chain how do we free up space or help things move a little bit better all the way along that path kind of like Jen was saying as soon as you start to depress your shoulder blade you're already putting traction on all of these nerves our brachial plexus which is the nerve bundle kind of the central hub of all the nerves that go out to our arm is as soon as we start depressing our shoulder blade we're putting tension on that so getting an idea of where your shoulder blades are resting, getting more control of those, strengthening, doing scapular type exercises, that can do a lot as far as helping your nerves operate a little bit more smoothly with a little bit more space throughout like, down the arm. Thanks for tuning in for another PT Pearl. If you loved it, please think about subscribing on your favorite podcasting platform. Go watch the YouTube video. If we were talking about anything and you didn't quite understand what movement we were doing, we always try to show examples of it on our YouTube video. So go check that out as well. If you really want to support the podcast, go grab your optimal body to go kit. We're going to have a link for that down in the show notes. And of course, tune in next time, watch another optimal body podcast.